what's going on, Dodgers Nation. Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. The Dodgers interested in Dansby Swanson. Should LA sign Swanson? We got the latest Dodgers rumors coming up in just a second. But quick reminder for all latest Dodgers news and rumors all offseason long. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And as always, I want your takes down below in the comments section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day. Do you want to see the Dodgers sign Dansby Swanson? Let me know down below. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So one of the biggest questions right now for the Dodgers heading into the 2023 season is who will be taking over for Trey Turner at shortstop? Because Trey, of course, signed that 11-year, $300 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Today, he tweeted out, thank you, Dodgers fans. Was blast playing in front of all of you. Memories I'll never forget. A little emoji right there. And yes, Trey Turner, I see a lot of Dodger fans are critical about the fact that he didn't go to Instagram and make a post about it. He thanks his coaches and teammates through his Instagram story. Look, he's happy in Philadelphia. He never wanted to sign long-term with the Dodgers. I'm convinced of that. He wanted to be back on the East Coast, but he is a Philly now, so forget about Trey Turner, okay? Now, what are the other options available? Well, there was some talk that maybe the Dodgers go after Xander Bogarts, but he signed an 11-year, $280 million deal with the San Diego Padres, or should I say the San Diego Padres. So you've got Trey off the board. You've got Bogarts off the board. And now what's left of the big name free agent shortstops? Well, there's Carlos Correa and then there's Dansby Swanson. And before we dive into the latest on Dansby Swanson, here's a quick update on Carlos Correa. And I understand at this point, a lot of Dodger fans either want Carlos Correa in Dodger blue or they're threatening to never watch a Dodger game again. They're going to turn in their Dodger fan card if the Dodgers sign him. Some of you want him. Some of you call him Carlos Shorea. Some of you hate him and you call him Carlos Correa ass. So I understand it, but here is the latest. Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle reported that Carlos Correa has met face-to-face with the Giants. And to me, it's pretty obvious at this point. If you're the San Francisco Giants, you took a big swing on Aaron Judge, but he signs with the New York Yankees. You're looking for a big-name free agent to fill the seats in San Francisco. Remember, their attendance was down 6% last season. Sorry, they're not coming to see a roided out Gabe Kapler in the dugout. They want to see some exciting players in San Francisco, players that move the needle. And let's be honest, that was a very boring team last year up in San Francisco. So they're looking to sign Carlos Correa. And I predicted that Correa would ultimately sign with the Giants. And it appears that it is heading in that direction. And I think one of the big questions, if I'm Carlos Correa, is how committed to winning is this Giants organization? How close to winning is this Giants organization? We know that is very important to Carlos Correa and also will they try to sign Carlos Rodon because I predict that the Yankees will end up with Carlos Rodon but I wouldn't rule out the San Francisco Giants for Rodon I think they're definitely still in play and could you imagine if San Francisco finds a way to sign the two big Carloses this offseason Carlos Correa and Carlos Rodon that would make an already stacked NLS that much better and also let's say Carlos Correa decides to sign somewhere 
else, then I think the Giants look at Rodon as some consolation prize, and they throw big money at him just so they can try to salvage this offseason where they were so committed to adding payroll and adding some big names. But I still think Correa to the Giants makes a lot of sense. If I'm San Francisco, I absolutely love the fact that Carlos Correa is a villain in the eyes of so many Dodgers fans. He'll be up there with Barry Bonds and Madison Bumgarner for hated Giants for so many Dodgers fans if they're able to lock him up in San Francisco. And then if you're Carlos Rodon, there's some reports out there that he's looking for seven years. So a seven-year deal for Carlos Rodon. And hey, we heard the Dodgers, they might be interested. Well, if he's interested in seven years, you most likely can rule out the Dodgers because they have been unwilling to go long-term on some of these big signings. So maybe the Dodgers will offer Carlos Rodon a two-year, $200 million deal just because they want to go high AAV short-term. No, I'm just messing around. But I do think Rodon ends up in New York, but it'll be interesting to see where he lands. So yeah, unless anything dramatically changes, it does feel like you can put an end to any Carlos Correa to the Dodgers scenarios unless Correa, for whatever reason, we're in February, in March, and he still hasn't signed and he wants to sign a short-term high AAV deal. That is when the Dodgers will catch that rebound and jump in and make a move for him. I don't think it's about the fans. I think it's about the number of years they would have to commit and the amount of money they would have to pay him. Because you look at what some of these other guys have gotten, the Trey Turners, the Xander Bogarts is, well, Carlos Correa has proven to be a better hitting shortstop than both of those guys. So I think Correa is going to get a big bag. I still wouldn't rule out the Cubs either. The Minnesota Twins, they really want to find a way to keep him in Minnesota. So there is a nice market for him, and he is going to get that big bag. Let's not forget, he switched agents to Scott Boris for a reason. And if I'm Carlos Correa, I'm saying, give me that Corey Seager special. Give me that 10 years, $325 million deal or more. So I definitely think that the Giants are the team to be for Correa. I think they're in the driver's seat. It's just really about getting to that dollar amount that he wants at this point. I think San Francisco, they are going to be very aggressive spenders. And then, of course, that leaves Dansby Swanson. So Dansby Swanson, I have ranked as the fourth best shortstop this offseason behind Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, and Xander Bogarts. Well, will the Dodgers get involved with Dansby Swanson because at first it felt like his market maybe would be in the seven years $154 million range well now with all these shortstops getting 10 plus years well I mean I think Dansby Swanson stands to get a contract that's longer than most of us had anticipated so the big question I have is will the Dodgers be willing to go eight or nine years for a Dansby Swanson I think eight is probably safe to assume and today on Hot Stove Talk on MLB Network J.P. Morosi said that the Dodgers are a possibility for Dansby Swanson. And Dansby Swanson, we know he brings elite defense. Defensively, he is top tier. The question I have is how will his bat hold up? Because last season was the only season in his career that was a full regular season where he was an above average bat. And to me, that is my big question. Because last season, he really had a nice year. He had a 116 WRC+. He slashed 277, 329. 
447. He had 25 home runs, had 96 RBI, and the strikeout numbers, they weren't impressive. He had a 26.1 strikeout rate, a 7% walk rate. The durability was another thing you really love to see with Swanson. He's a guy who goes out there and he posts. He played in all 162 games, had 696 plate appearances. Another impressive number is he finished second to Francisco Lindor in F4. He posted a 6.4 F4 last season. But like I said, I mean, if you look at his numbers, actually already did a deep dive on Dansby Swanson and the season he had last year. So if you want to go back and watch that, I'll put that link down in the description. But if you look at Dansby Swanson, Fangraphs predicts that he's going to come down to earth a little bit next season. That he's going to post numbers that are closer to his career averages. They have him slashing 247, 309, 413 with a 104 WRC plus and a 3.3 F4. They have him hitting 22 bombs in 679 plate appearances. So yes, he does have some pop. Yes, he can leave the yard more than most shortstops, but that strikeout rate has always been below league average throughout his career. The bat just has not been consistent enough for me to commit eight years to Dansby Swanson, especially when you look at how outrageous the market is and how much some of these guys are able to get. I think he's a guy that's going to take advantage of a really nice contract season. And if you're the Dodgers, you say to yourself, well, how much do we value the shortstop position defensively moving forward? Because we know with the restriction on the shift, you're going to need to have a guy at the position that you trust can go out there each and every day and handle the position. Is Gavin Lux that guy? Well, he did come up as a shortstop. He does have experience playing the position at the big league level. He played 56 games at short, filling in for Corey Seager after he went down with a broken hand. So it's not like you're moving a pitcher to shortstop or a catcher to shortstop. Let's be honest here. Gavin Lux has played shortstop throughout his career. So it's not this ridiculous idea that some people have it out to be. But like I said, can he handle it? And that's the big question because mentally and physically, he's a guy that has gotten banged up. We know that sometimes he has fallen into slumps, but I think if you commit to him and you give him that vote of confidence, you give him that runway and you say, hey, you are going to be one of our guys moving forward. Maybe he takes that and runs with it and you have a shortstop that's under team control until the year 2027 because there are a lot of benefits of having your young talent under team control. They're very affordable. So at some point you have to see if these guys are going to be able to be key players, key contributors, because either you play him or you trade him. And I think next year is the year the Dodgers play them. And then, of course, I've heard a lot of talk about Jacob Amaya. I have my doubts about his ability to hit big league pitching consistently enough to justify having him as your everyday shortstop. Yes, you have the designated hitter now in the National League, but still, if he's hitting 180 and he's just not being able to provide anything, it's going to be an issue. Now, after he made the jump to AAA, he definitely struggled at first, but then he started to improve and he was trending in the right direction. So I'm not saying it's a plan A, B, or C, but if you are in a pinch, I'm I'm open to the idea if you just want to see how it works because defensively, Jacob Amaya can absolutely get it done at the big league level. Then, of course, I've been a big proponent of a Willie Adamas trade, and one of the reasons why is if you look at his numbers comparing them to Dansby Swanson, they're very similar in a lot of ways. They do strike out a lot. They do have some pop defensively. They are top tier, but the difference is Willie Adamas, he's under team control for two seasons, whereas Dansby Swanson, you're going to have to commit to him to seven or eight years, and it will cost prospect capital for Willie 
Adamas and the Brewers have already stated that they're not looking to deal him right now. But let's say the season starts and you give Gavin Lux an opportunity and things don't work out in the Brewers season, they start to fade. Then I think you do make the call and you try to bring on a Willie Adamas and hopefully you pair him with a Corbin Burns. Or if you want to get super crazy and you really want to sweeten the deal for the Milwaukee Brewers, maybe you consider taking on Christian Yelich's contract. I think that would absolutely get the deal done. You wouldn't have to part ways with so many prospects, but I think Christian Yelich at this point of his career, that is a massive risk. I'm not very excited or enthusiastic about the idea of that. Last season, Yelich had a 111 OPS plus, had a 738 OPS. He hit 14 home runs in 154 games, 671 plate appearances. So, hey, if he could return to form, it would be nice. He is from Thousand Oaks, California, but he has a lot of years left on that deal. We know he, of course, signed that seven-year $188.5 million deal that has a mutual vested option for the 2029 season. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. So he's still under contract for another six seasons. And we know that, yeah, if it's a David Price where you have for a couple of years, the Dodgers will take on that salary to trade for a Mookie Betts. But that many years of Christian Yelich when he really is a slightly above league average player at this stage of his career, and he hasn't really shown that many signs of returning to form like we saw when he was MVP Yelly, I don't think they're going to be willing to take that risk. I personally don't. Yes, it would help their chances of pulling off a deal, but Corbin Burns, and Adamas. They're really nice players. I think Corbin Burns could really help this team as another frontline starter and Adamas, a guy that could handle shortstop for the next couple of seasons. But to take on Yelich for that many years, I just do not see this Dodgers team doing it when you consider how much they value maintaining that payroll flexibility. So, yeah, I just don't see that happening. But when you consider that last season the Brewers traded away Josh Hader and he still had another year left of team control. If the Brewers they struggle early on this year and they don't think they have a chance of contending or at least making the postseason i absolutely expect them to explore trades and unload some of these talented players that they have because that has been their mo once they have to start paying guys through arbitration that's when they start dealing guys so i wouldn't rule out a trade with the brewers even though we know that they made it clear this offseason that they're not ready to deal burns or woodrow or adamas or any of those guys quite yet and who knows by mid-season maybe tim anderson becomes available because we know right now that he isn't available. The White Sox have made that very clear. And also, Tim Anderson, if you look at his defense, it has taken a hit in recent seasons. He's a guy that likes to hit leadoff, but I would like Tim Anderson in L.A. I think he provides that edge, gives you that fire, that passion, and I would be open to the idea. Or if you really felt you had to make a trade for another shortstop, maybe you contact the Guardians. You try to swing a deal for Ahmed Rosario. Now, he's not going to blow your mind, but he still isn't 
above average bat. Had a 106 OPS plus last season. Doesn't give you much power. 11 home runs, but he did lead the league in triples. Had nine triples last season. Hit 283. So that is not a terrible option, especially when you consider he has one more year of team control left on his deal. So there are options out there if the Dodgers want to explore the trade market, if they're unable to land a Dansby Swanson, if they want to go that route. It's pretty clear at this point they're not getting Carlos Correa. So it really just comes down to the trust level they have in Gavin Lux. Do they believe he can hold down the position? But I asked you guys over on Twitter, should the Dodgers sign Dansby Swanson? And 74.1% of you said yes, while 25.9% of you said no. And that was with 5,012 votes. So that's a pretty significant amount that wants to see Swanson in LA. And I don't know if that's just because you want to get a big free agent no matter what. You want to get that shiny new toy in LA. You feel bad that Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. But look, Swanson isn't a bad option, but think long term. Think of four years down the line, and would he really, with his bat, impact this team enough to really move the needle in the postseason? That's kind of the big question I have. And I wouldn't be mad at the signing of Dansby Swanson. I wouldn't be storming Dodger Stadium or anything like that, but I just wouldn't love the signing. But let me know down below. Do you want to see the Dodgers sign Dansby Swanson? What are your thoughts on Carlos Correa? Some of these other names they could possibly trade for. I want all your takes down below in the comment section. Look for my response. I'm going to respond tonight. But let me know down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all latest Dodgers news and rumors all offseason long, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 